Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I just wanted to get good grades and to do well. But it also made me realize that I have a lot of career goals. You're there to get a full college experience, not only participate in your sport, but participate in things outside of that. And it's all about growing as a person. My coaches have helped me with figuring out who I really am. Their lives are dedicated for us to succeed. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. The marathon continues. The craziness continues um, because now it's officially crazy. One, we've updated the, the tote board. Someone asked me, by the way, actually it was Ryan Scott asked me, uh, who gave me 20 cents? Uh, that's actually pretty funny. Actually, somebody contributed 2020 uh, to, the, to the fund, um, which I thought was pretty unique, but also pretty hysterical at the same time. All right, so this is when we, we let our hair down. Uh, we, we let out um, some relief. Uh, we don't... 
sorry, I'm watching the, the goofballs in the corner here. Uh, not really helping me here. Um, and we have some fun with everything uh, just because, well, we can. Why not? Right. Uh, this is because we'll answer some of your questions. We'll get to the bottom of, of craziness if we can. Um, we even those as wins. I got some questions to ask the guys because uh, at least some of them have a, a, pers a point of view uh, that not everybody else has, technically, as they say. Um, so I'm going to join, go to the Blue Frame Technology Skype hotline and joining me there, it is Lenny Reich, it is Ryan Scott, and it is Chris, Chris Mitchell. And I got to rearrange the window a little bit. But gentlemen, first and foremost, thanks for joining me on the, um, on the craziness that is this show. Um, and uh, I don't know what you guys were all doing, but I had fun today. Getting ready for uh, Hall of Fame, D-Mac. Uh, we're hosting tomorrow at Wash U and then a little doubleheader against uh, the Rochester Yellow Jackets. Oh, look at you. Wow. You're also well, this day's out. gone the distance. You started with Jim Calhoun, and you're to this. So this day has ran the spectrum for which Brad. It's been great to tune in and out all day, and I look forward to going back and catching some of the interviews that I didn't get to catch uh, catch live. But, uh, you know, as always, Dave, what uh, Yeoman's work you did to put today together. Thanks, sir. I appreciate that. I, I joke uh, that I started the show maybe a little bit too much of a peak. <laughs> It was a good interview. No, was, it was. He was really bringing it. Yeah, Jim was great. No, I, I thoroughly enjoyed having the conversation with him. Yeah, and you had um, to follow the Pat Yuckum. That was a tough follow, right? Especially when he <laughs> called off work today, Dave. No. First, he tried to get out of it by calling in sick. Chris stayed on top of him, uh, made sure he stayed with the segment. Second of all, he picks up the phone and goes, I'm used to following Hall of Famers, man. It's, it's just what I do. I mean, I, I had to follow the one here at Wash U. I might as well follow one on the show. No, it was great. Um, sorry, I'm double checking. Someone said I need to add something to my list. Oh, there it is. Um, first, um, Lenny, we just come off the interview with Sam Atkinson. Real quick question from your perspective, because um, I know you've served on a national committee. I, forgive me, I don't remember the sport. My brain is. Uh, I served on a rack. I didn't serve on a national okay, rack. I was on the uh, women's rack. That's right. Um, but even from that perspective, how hard is it to to when you're starting to split hairs for racking teams and where they need to be, how, how much do you feel like you're in the minutia sometimes? Well, I tell you, it was an eye-opening experience for me. You know, I'd been around a lot of championship action before serving on the rack and uh, to be kind of inside there and see how all the data gets distributed and how those conversations go on the phone call. And, and we had some cases at times where we did not have agreements on our rack. And then, uh, we would go to the national committee and the national committee would change some things and go back and forth. And so it, it, it definitely um, showed me a lot now when I help advise our coaches, whether it's putting together schedules, whether it's doing other things to, um, you know, to get the ideas that come through those conversations. And it is not an easy task. And I don't, you know, obviously Sam is great in what he does and as open as he is. And I heard a little bit of the, uh, the women's chair, as well uh, today, speaking as well, and they're not easy jobs, and uh, I don't envy uh, those folks and what they have to do. No, I agree with you, and and I feel bad. I didn't, we didn't have enough time to give Karen her just due. We'll certainly make up for it. By the way, Chris apparently is a superstar there uh, at his location. Um, he's doing the whole pointing thing. Like he's, you're just Mister Stud Boy over there, aren't you? Her her women's my wife's uh, women's coach just walked by and they won a big game, so I was saying congrats. Good for them. I'm just going to start pointing at nothing. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Oh, that'd be awesome. Hey, how Bunny you doing? How you doing? <laughs> the cat's walking Bunny through. His, uh, his national championship to over his right shoulder. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I do notice. Oh. And you know what? If anybody's looking, there's one over my uh, left shoulder. The exact same bobblehead. Oh yeah, championship bobblehead. Yeah, yeah. If anyone's looking, it's right up there. Of course, it's next to a plaque he doesn't want to talk about. Um, yeah, well, that's all right. <laughs> hey, uh, I got an interesting question from Brennan. It says conferences vary with how many teams qualify for their conference tournaments. CCIW obviously recently going from four to six. Do you prefer the ones with more teams or less teams? I, I'm kind of torn on that. I, I kind of like more because I think it's more fun and it's not as streamlined, but I can also understand that that can ruin some at-large bids and some other things. But I, I kind of like it giving as many as many teams a chance. You guys? I feel like as long as you don't let every single team in, it feels like that 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 cheapens the the regular season a little tiny bit. But I like the eight team tournaments for the most part. Yeah, I think the ODAC sometimes goes a little overboard, but that's just me. You, uh, well, they don't Lenny, let any, everyone in anymore, right? Aren't they? No, they yeah, they've had to they've had to stream it stream it down to twelve. I yeah. think. <laughs> well, Dave, uh, I, you know, with my time at WashU, we've we've never still never had a conference tournament in the UA, so I'm I'm not familiar with uh, with any of that. <laughs> you I, don't know anything about that. I think the bigger discrepancy in some of it, you know, without you know, lighting a, you know, opening up a can of worms here is, is some of it is just conferences themselves and their sizes and how many conference games they play and the wide disparity between a conference that may only play 14 or 16 games to a conference that plays 18 or 20 games and how that relates to the SOS and all those, and, and those kind of things. That's a bigger, that's a bigger problem, I guess, that I see rather than whether you let four, six or eight teams in your conference tournament. Fair, fair. Yeah, and the, and the comp, the competitiveness of it too, right? Eight teams in the NESCAC is wonderful because every one of those games is going to be awesome. There's some conferences where <laughs> that one eight game is is a little rough. <laughs> Agreed. Well, and the problem if strength of schedule is going to become an important, you know, if it stays an important number, and a, and a conference plays eighteen or twenty of their twenty five games against each other, their strength of schedule number has a basically a mathematical cap. They can't get. To where some of those places are and that's right. you know yeah no good point well and that's why some of the conferences have gone to reseeding too right so that mm -hmm. that yep. they can maximize that strength of schedule as they go through well or, or hurt yourself if a, if a team has an upset and you're a higher seeded team waiting your strength of schedule might go down by no fault of your own just playing a team you know coming through your your tournament bracket so and some of them have done the buys for that reason, right? That you, you buy, even if it's an eight-team tournament, they'll give the first two a buy and, and even three and four a buy and, and make the other teams play in. Of course, Dave might remember this. The the OAC tried that on the men's side a couple years ago, and the two years they tried it, the one and two seeds both lost yes. the first nights when they had the double buy waiting for the teams to get to them. Yes. So they quickly decided to go back to uh, what they do now. But, yeah, yeah. it's never it's never a perfect thing with with playoffs and valuing the regular season and those sorts of things so yeah it's it's definitely a, a double-edged sword um i get the purpose of the double of the double buy i think uh the oh shoot uh thomas moore's conference <laughs> which one the pack did it the pack okay. did it to keep thomas moore safe one year um yeah i think you can overplay your hand that way 
but yeah, I mean, that's the problem is you're playing the SOS game there. Well, and, and I'm not encouraging more math formulas, but if there was another, if there were more numbers other than SOS that came into play, right. Then maybe that, that wouldn't be such a big deal, but because that is the only, you know, subjective number, I guess, that comes through the process that it's hard to, Sure. It's hard to surround. Well, and then, I mean, there's a double-edged sword, too, because if you play more games and, and can and bolster your win-loss, you know, that's good, too. But again, if if you're playing against teams that are hurting your SOS, I mean, it's just, it's kind of this weighing act. Uh, it's interesting that CCIW has gone to six. I don't think they'll ever go to eight. Um, I'm, I mean, the centennial drives well, me insane because they go to five. Which And there's some know. other factors, too, Dave, when you're not in the – Maybe when you're not in the Northeast, when teams are clustered so close together, when you're in maybe the Midwest and the West, and nowadays travel becomes a big concern, you might see conferences go smaller tournaments yeah. or single site tournaments or those kind of things because of uh, expense with travel and other things that are going to that that impact uh, institutions now as far as budgeting and putting their schedules together and those kind of things. I mean, I think, you know, our team went to Daytona beach this year. I know obviously lots of teams go out to Vegas and go other places. And I think those are great, but they're, you know, there's, there's also a, um, in some cases, a fairness thing where some people say, you know, uh, you know, is, is the system rewarding teams that are making that kind of financial Mm -hmm. commitment to the, to do those things and not necessarily, you know, teams that have to stay within a certain budget parameter. Sure. Um, Chris, I, I realize we're, we're still talking tournaments here, so bear with me. But here's, the, here, here's another one that drives me a little bit nuts. I know it's driving the committees nuts. These Sunday championship games, especially late Sunday championship games, uh, my you know good friend of ours, J.J. Nekoloff, is going to want to start throwing things if he's watching the show because he, he knows we're pointing at him. But he's not the only one. Let's not get that misconstrued. But this is it's it's putting the committees into a into a corner. And sometimes it means a decision we don't like is going to come out of it because they don't have time to spend on it. Dave, how many uh, how many tournaments are on Sundays now? It's more. There were more last year. Yeah. I feel like it was twelve or thirteen that ended on Sunday last yeah, year. Yeah, it's it's coming close to fifty percent. It's it's at least a third, if not more than that now. And and a lot of the conferences that are going to single site are moving to do the Sunday final because that's less class time they have to miss when they're all traveling to yeah. one place. Um, which you can understand, but even you, you'd think there'd be a way to schedule it that maybe they have a noon tip or something for the championship as opposed right. to like 4 p.m. Well, and we had what game was it a couple years ago? It was the AMCC was in jeopardy of not even having the game because of some because delay. Of power outage. Get, yeah. Power outage. Was Thank you. That was just this spring. What was that, Lenny? There was a power outage at the yeah. gym. Yeah, Ryan was. And, and ultimately they solved it. And the committee was kind enough to give them the time to finish that game, but that game didn't end until six thirty. Yeah, they technically missed the deadline. Yeah, they absolutely missed that deadline. Um, anyway, that's just my 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 high horse on that one. Um, random question: I don't know what, how many of you guys have thought of this. Mule, question about Muhlenberg men's basketball. My thoughts or our thoughts on them, aside from a finish to last night's game against Dickinson, which came right down to the end. By the way, I'll warn you now: Dickinson is a whole different team now. Um, then their record makes it seem. But has anybody bought into Muhlenberg? Silence is deafening. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think they need a kind of a signature win at some point here. Um, yeah, that's their problem. You know, it, it's a good team, but 
I, I don't feel like it's a great team just yet. Not agree with you. 14 and four. Yeah, the win over Dickinson. Dickinson, by the way, they have what? Two wins, both against McDaniel. Um, I saw them the other day against McDaniel. Not having battle on their lineup the entire season has made that team a very different unit. He is an incredible player. Um, but I, yeah, I'm not ready to buy into Muhlenberg just yet. Uh, they have. Uh, they lost to Hopkins. They've lost to Swarthmore. They've got Hopkins coming up. They got Swarthmore coming up. Uh, maybe we'll learn more then. I'll see them on February eighth. Oh no, I will not see them. I apologize. Um, we'll see. I, I'm not ready to buy in. I just I can't. Um, ooh, Alan Babbitt is calling Lenny out. Uh oh. Oh well, there we go. Here we go. He said I donated to Hoopsville tonight. You should too if you're a Division three basketball fan. Well, thank you, Alan. Then he goes donation to Lenny in Ohio. For new larger bobblehead shelf is extra. I, I do need some more. Uh, I do need some more shelf space. So. I'm worried that shelf's going to fall down, sir. Oh no, no bobbleheads aren't bobbleheads aren't heavy. Lenny, so. who's that picture above your left shoulder? Oh, oh, that is uh, that is a uh, famous Cleveland Brown Al Bubba Baker. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going into the well here tonight. Oh yeah, defensive end from Colorado State. You got had a some... chain of uh, had a chain of barbecue places, or had a barbecue place uh-huh. on the west side of Cleveland. So my my uh, my esteemed brother in law got that for me for a gift uh, a gift one year. So. Speaking of barbecue places, Sam Atkinson and I have made it somewhat an unofficial tradition. We've met up for lunch a few times, once over the summer, uh, once earlier on. Both times at really good barbecue joints. One that's a mile from my house, uh, former Indianapolis or Indianapolis. Ooh, hope no one from Baltimore is listening to me. Former Baltimore Colt. Uh, open that Andy Nelson's and then we met in DC when I was down there for world team tennis this summer and we went to another good one so I'm what I'm saying is any future chair let's meet and we'll have conversations over barbecue I think it's outstanding good idea and we need a sponsor for the show did you make sure they're from Baltimore right what'd you say and make sure they're from Baltimore Dave (laughs) I'll travel we can we can Maybe get that barbecue place from Fort Wayne that was basically Ooh. full of coaches the last time we were there. So. Oh, yeah. If you go to Fort Wayne, there is a barbecue place about a half mile to three quarters of a mile, though it felt like 10 miles to my back. <laughs> um, and Ryan's laughing because, trust me, I was I was bad. But that was insanely good barbecue. We got to get them to sponsor. So, by the way, I'm going to quickly show them if they want to sponsor, <laughs> I'd be more than happy to take a sponsorship from them as well. Speaking of a place that's a mile from the house. Um, all right, guys, let, let, until we get some more questions, and we may hear uh, along the way, I'm kind of curious your take on on Division Three. Let's start on the women's side, because I think the women's side is a little more fascinating than people give it credit for. Um, we had some great interviews today. The uh, NESCAC is insane. We got 1v2 coming up after we had 1v4 a couple of weeks ago. But outside of that, there's some really good teams flying a little under the radar, don't you think? Dave, I think uh, obviously being a voter on the on the women's side that Bethel's the team that's kind of all year has been um, they've been undefeated all season and not getting much love. And they finally cracked the top five this week. And uh, they might have something special going up there uh, in Minnesota. But obviously it's taken them a while to get maybe the credit they deserve. Uh, I mean, that's a tough league with uh, at one point they had four teams ranked in the top 25. Yes. Um, I I agree with you, you know, but obviously they, you know, coming from St. Thomas is, you know, dominated so much in that conference that it's probably taken some time to get some, uh, some love from the voters. But last week they go from 10 to five and, uh, 
we'll see if they can keep the streak alive. But I, I think that's one team that's definitely uh, kind of been a sleeper a little bit this year. They were 13th, I think, before that. And I basically said I thought they had the resume to be a top five team. Uh, I don't vote in that top 25. I actually would be intrigued to vote in both. But knowing how much time I spent on the men's, I'm a little worried I don't have enough time to even tackle the women's, even though it may not need as much time. But um, I agree with you. I think Bethel's a, a, a sleeping giant. Lenny, your thoughts on the women? Well, I don't vote on the uh, on the women's side either. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, I, I'm curious to see maybe some teams. Obviously, those teams at the top are, uh, you know, man, I, I don't know how, you know, it, it's going to be wild setting up a tournament and, and how they space out maybe uh, those teams up top. Obviously, Tufts and Bowden will figure themselves out. But some of those other teams, you know, how early in the tournament will, you know, hope and DePaul kind of match up or some of those kind of things. Uh, um, I haven't seen many of those teams in the top 10. I have seen Baldwin Wallace at 14. Um, you know, I, I thought they were, I thought they were really good. And then uh, obviously uh, John Carroll uh, came up and got them uh, last week. Of course, that's a, you know, crosstown rivalry game. John Carroll's tied with them in the OAC. So, but I still think, you know, Baldwin Wallace, it's uh, one of the better teams they've had in a long, long time uh, through there. I would be curious from some of you guys, some of those teams that only have, you know, maybe one loss or something down in the poll, um, you know, what those teams, you know, Gettysburg and Oglethorpe and are those just teams looking for kind of a signature win or they, um, uh, you know, where were some of those teams down the way? Lenny, I'm uh I'm very intrigued to see Emory this weekend. Dave, I think they have two losses. They're 14-2 and two at 25. They're going to play at uh, number 15, Chicago, tomorrow night. And Emory's uh, undefeated at the top of the league right now with Chicago second. So that's uh, I think that'll be a big one. Uh, I'm interested to see the Emory women play on Sunday night in, or Sunday afternoon in St. Louis. No, I agree with you. I, I think the UAA race is a little bit more uh, unknown, for lack of a better description. And I think this weekend will help answer some questions. Um, Lenny, to answer your one loss conversation, um, first, and no knock on Tufts, and I think we're starting to see it from the voters as the votes are starting to spread. I don't know if they're the number one team in the country. I think they're good. Don't get me wrong. But I, I, I think this weekend will, will be fascinating at Bowdoin on who comes out of that. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's not as close as people think it's going to be. Um, I, I'm, I'm siding with Bowdoin on that one. Um, Transylvania, I think, is a little high. I'll, I'll be blunt. They're seventh in the top 25. I, I like them, but they haven't put a resume together, in my opinion, that says they're a top 10 program. Um, and I think that – but I you – know, well, And not to jump in on you, Dave, I think Hope, too. I, yeah. I mean, I saw Hope play earlier. They played uh, – you know, we played against them earlier this year and, and they were phenomenal. And really the rest of their schedule, I, I don't know if there's a team in the MIAA the rest of the way that's really going to get in their way too much. Uh, so I, I, I would, you know, I, I would be, wouldn't be surprised that they're going to be undefeated, at least through the regular season and you know, into the conference tournament. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I hope is kind of alluded it with my interview. I, the, I know what he was saying about his schedule. I'm not buying it. <laughs> I, it's not as strong as I think he thinks it is. When you play Finlandia twice, that's not helping you. But they also they're, have some good wins like North Park. Yeah, their number is not terrible. I looked down through the women's SOS numbers yesterday and, and hopes is not as far down as you would think. And there are a whole bunch of, 
of one lost teams way down like in the 400s. Oh. Um, <laughs> so some of those teams with the gaudy records, you know, one of them, my alma mater, Eastern Nazarene College, I'm really excited. They're doing very well, but they're not a team I would consider competitive, even though they're about 14 and one at this point. They may win the conference and everything, but, but you know, that that's, there's a number down there. Grove City, I think, is down in the 400s and some yeah. of those that that have really good records, but uh, I'm not sure what schedule they've played yet. Hey, Chris, I know we're about to lose you. I appreciate you coming on, at least giving us your insight. Any final thoughts before we let you go? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, as I kind of told you guys now, we're, uh, we got a big weekend uh, in St. Louis with Emory and Rochester. Uh, Rochester men obviously have, have had a really good season. You talked with uh, Pat Yuckum today about Luke, who does a great job at Rochester. And then uh, Sunday I'm going to see two – Two ranked teams uh, from Emory, and very excited to see Jason Zimmerman's team at Emory, who's in the top ten. Uh, it should be a great matchup, and obviously the Emory women are. I'm really intrigued to see them. I've seen Brandeis and NYU on the women's side, and uh, very impressed with the NYU team. I saw them last weekend, but uh, like you said, the UA is very deep on the women's side this year. I think they could. Uh, you know, I'm thinking three or at least three teams from the UA could get in. So we'll see. But uh, it should be a great weekend in St. Louis for hoops. And we're really looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Hey, thanks for coming on, buddy. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to your weekend of basketball. I'll be watching, that's for sure. All right. See you guys. Take Chris, care. Chris dropping off on the call. See you, Bergman. See you. See you, fellow, fellow see you Berg. See you. <laughs> <laughs> we lose him. We'll readjust our screen here in a moment. Um, I'll add, I think Gettysburg's underrated. I don't think they're tremendous. I don't think they're a top 10, but as a one-loss team sitting at 22, I do wonder why they're not higher. I think Oglethorpe's better than where they are at 18. Um, I think they're better than St. Thomas, to be blunt. I think they're better than Scranton, uh, to be blunt. Um, I haven't seen them this year. Do they still have that point guard, or did she graduate? Oh, Which team? And now i got to remember the conversation I just had with Coach today. Good question. Uh, no, they, they lost watching, some players from last year. They did. I remember watching last year just being really impressed with the point guard. If you have a point guard like that, you can go really far. So I don't I don't think they have, and someone can correct me. I Literally, my interviews have gone to mush in my head today, um, and it includes Jim Calhoun, though. Jim Calhoun might have been the most questions I got into a segment thanks to his pace of, of speak. Yeah. Um, He's got a little practice of uh, answering questions. He does, and I appreciate it. And keeping them short. <laughs> Nothing against Pat Yuckum. He came on next, and I felt like we were going at like half the pace. <laughs> um, got another question regarding the top twenty-five. I don't. This might be tricky. It says, are there any highly ranked teams in the top twenty-five for men and women that have poor resumes for Pool C? Should they not get a Pool A? One question, Ryan. I know you've seen on the boards popping up is Wittenberg. Their out of conference schedules, well, let's say, less than to be desired. Yeah, at the same time, I, I just don't, I mean, as long as they're over 500 with the SOS, which I think they will be, you know, if they're over 90% winning, which they should be, you know, I, I just don't see any committee weighting the SOS that much to take an over 500 team that's got 90% of their wins. Fair. You know, I mean, they might be a little more bubbly than bubbly. other years, and they may be farther down when we do our, our mock selections right but i just i don't think there's a real danger unless they're losing some games they absolutely shouldn't fair uh Len, hey, you are you trying at... to get are you trying to get me to bring up a 22 and 16 from a year ago again are you trying to no you know... i was uh -oh. not i was not <laughs> intending to go there 
if you'd <laughs> like to go there, you're I, welcome to. I heard a lot to. of things. I heard, I, you know, I'm, I'm hearing Ryan's things and I'm hearing those echoes of uh, of some things from a year ago. But no, well, no. no. I, yeah, I mean, I would have said, I would have said Wittenberg. Um, obviously, they're going to get, you know, some play through their conference that uh, will help them out a lot. But um, to be fair, Lenny, I think the Great Lakes was odd last year. And, and I mean, odd in the sense that, you know, LaRoche was sitting in what the third or fourth spot loses a game and tumbles to seventh or eighth, got behind Mount Union. We didn't know this when we were making our mock selections, to be fair. Um, Mount Union certainly, I think, had a better resume. I think there was a weird block that took place in the Great Lakes that I think if we all had it back, and I, I think including the committees, they might have redone that and had different selections. Well, well, I, yeah. I, I mean, there's been a lot of words used here. Odd hasn't been one of them, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It, I, I'm being a little more PC. Well, we're also headed for something like that in the Northeast this year, because you've got so many more losses than we're used to with some of those NESCAC teams and the, the SOS and the winning percentages are going to be so out of whack. Um, and they rank 11 teams up there. So it's going to be, it's going to be a little crazy. I think when it comes pool C time for the new England, new England, this this, or Northeast, I guess. This Danny time. Campbell's tuned in. Some of the great SIDs of Division Three. Uh, he, he noticed. Sorry, Ryan, we are not in that list. Uh, <laughs> that is a Lenny and Chris Mitchell thing. Um, I don't know if we, we'll probably get some more questions here in a minute, but Lenny, I'd love to get your opinion. I, I don't know how in-depth or understanding of you of it or uh, how much you've heard of it, but the expansion of regions here coming up, and I want to correct something. Sam Atkinson, in his interview, indicated it would probably be going to a vote. We did get clarification from Dan Dutcher earlier in the show. It is not going to be going to a vote for the entire um, division that this is part of what management and council and the rest do on their own. But your your thoughts on, on what could be an expansion, and this isn't a basketball question. This is across the board. Yeah, no, it's across the board question. I mean, I was just thinking about it when, when you guys were just talking about, uh, you know, a jam up in Pool C or 11 teams getting ranked. That um, you know, there's going to be plus and minuses to it. I mean, I I, I do think you know an, an opportunity just to get teams to the table um, will will be um, will be fortunate, I think, or or, or good. Um, but it's going to be you know, there's some of the same stuff is going to happen. There's going to be a uh, you know, you're still going to have to be on that first line, or maybe it's no worse than your second line of Pool C in your particular region to even get to the table, especially in some sports where there's very few at-larges, you know, maybe five or something like that. But I mean, um, you know, so, so yeah, I think it's got, I, I, you know, I, 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 I give credit for trying something. I, I think, I think we have been kind of on the status quo for a long time now. And I yeah. think, uh, I think if we're not going to go down the road of things like earned access bids and, and uh, or maybe look at the multiple or maybe look at the number, um, the ratio number, the 6.5 number mm. for bids or those kind of things. If we're not going to go those route, which I understand there's financial implications and those things for going those routes, then really this is one of the few things you can try. So I think I think I think that uh, I like I said, I give people credit for be a willingness to try something to try and, um, you know, because I think some people feel like the system doesn't doesn't reward some things necessarily and and if there's something out there that that makes a change maybe you know we'll see what happens it, like i say it might not have any effect at all it might just spread out more teams you're gonna have more rankings but you know obviously there isn't going to be any more bids so you're still 
uh, you know, right. kind of dealing right. with those same things. So. Right. Uh, agreed. Um, yeah. so I think, go ahead, Ron. I, I was, I got curious when you were talking about this earlier with Dan. And so I pulled out, you know, a, a little doc here and started messing <laughs> oh, no. around with just, just moving conferences just oh, to no. see what it would look like. Um, and, and my question really is, is going to be whether they're willing, they want to keep it as conferences together every in one region, the way that we yeah. have recently, which is going to well, make it a lot harder. And, and also and say, Ryan, that yeah. doesn't, that doesn't apply in every sport. I, I can right. say, for example, in wrestling, we don't, uh, teams from conferences are split up to different regions. Yeah. And in, in wrestling's case, the regional tournament is the qualifying tournament to the NCAAs. And so there, there are cases where conferences are split among different regions. So, I mean, well, I so it's not, un, it's not unprecedented. Right. I would agree with you that it would be tough for basketball. It would be a tough pill for some people in basketball to swallow. Well, I'm just thinking, cause essentially what you're going to end up having is, is the four regions kind of in the Northeast, the mid Atlantic, Atlantic East, Northeast are going to become five. It and so it's whether yeah. it's whether you want to, cut that out and move things around in terms of conferences or maybe just because they're geographically so close together overlay a few to maybe balance the I strength think you're going to get an overlay because yeah just looking at it like you're always going to have that you know suniac e8 liberty league up in in new york that's going to kind of be stuck together and that's going to be a little weaker and you're going to have those ohio conferences right that's going to get stuck with michigan and maybe the hcac just because of geography right if, if you're going to well but i mean we're with them we're with them right now I right mean, i mean you mean just those conferences together i mean i just mean looking at where the geography is you can split up a lot of the power conferences but you don't really have a weak conference right in ohio that you can just kind of throw in with those those teams and still have it make sense so it'll just be curious to me to see how they decide to do it and whether they keep the conferences together, they they decide to try and split them up. And then we don't know how things are going to move, right? You know, there's a lot of talk about some of these conferences breaking up and splitting up and combining, especially when you get closer to the East Coast. So who knows in 18 months what those will look like? Fair. Uh, Ryan certainly knows some of the work I've been doing behind the scenes with what conferences are doing. I will say I think you're going to get an overlay. I think you're going to see the new Mac and the NESCAC, for example, split out. Right. Because I think you're going to have there, – there's – if you listen to Dan and you listen to Sam, there was a lot of talk of trying to keep them balanced and not be too. Well, again, we got the WIAC and the CCIW together. Well, but I mean, is that balance evening, evening the numbers across the. I think it's you both. Know, talking 10 regions with well, relatively the same amount of teams. Yes. I think it's I both. Got, I think it's both. I got 10 regions relatively together there's a few issues but just in the you know the half an hour i spent on it i got 10 regions and all of them were between 38 and 46 teams um based on the current numbers and and they're largely geographically together there's a couple little little weird ones to throw in there but yeah. i mean it's possible um you're just going to have some that are a little tougher regions than others like ohio and michigan there yeah. in the middle but um you know, I, I think it's perfectly doable. I just started, I took, I went back the last couple of years and took the 20 top conferences in terms of non-conference records and just kind of tried to to put two in each region and, and kind of figure that out from there. And it sure. wasn't that difficult, but. I'm curious, what did you do with the Texas conferences? So I decided we had kind of had an offline conversation about that. And I, I put ASC, SCAC together with the SCIAC and the Northwest. Okay. Just because they would have similar issues with um, 
getting a full complement of games in or or but i can you know, buy that i can right. buy into that Let yeah, me I, I don't know I don't, right. I don't know how else you solve right I, you know i mean your your only other option with the skyac in the northwest is almost linking them up with like minnesota or something like that or the american rivers but yeah it's i mean that's well, really i mean you don't have many options and I was just figuring it's the ASC teams and the, uh, usually struggle with the SOS because of how many conference games they play. And the Skyac teams have the same issue because they can't play as many D3 games as everybody else. And I figured it'd be a little more fair to rank them against each other when you're kind of the outliers like that than, than ranking them against the WIAC, which is, you know, just going to have huge SOS all the time. Yeah. It'd be a little more fair to have a region like that where where they're at least ranked against each other. Um as opposed to getting buried down the list like some of them do in the West right now. Sure. I think it's a fascinating thing. I would love to – I'm, I'm going to be interested. We'll, we'll talk more about it on the show when we get some of those involved on it. Uh, the, the, the premise I got from those involved said, let's wait till it gets through championships committee. Not that yeah. I don't think anybody expects it to, but there's some work that they're doing to get it polished up for championships committee. Once it gets through there, it's probably going to be rolling – very quickly after that through management's council. So we'll have a better sense of things after that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, in my opinion, I think it needs to happen. And I know Lenny in football, there's some who screaming bloody murder because it's going to be six versus uh, four and, and you only got five at larges. That means a con- you know, n- more con- uh, regions and at large bids. In my opinion, I think it's a lot out of nothing. Yes. You're going to have somebody not selected out of a region, but that happens now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. I mean, I mean, football because of only having the five. I mean, football's a whole nother thing. Football's got oh yeah, football's got all only other the kinds five of things. The SOS with yeah. teams playing ninety percent of their games in. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, football's a whole. That's okay. It's a whole ball lax and exactly. Yeah, they're not going to solve it with whether they have but, four regions, six regions, no. eight regions, whatever. It's true, but at least you'll have more teams that can say they were considered, right? If you get, you know. Right, more right. And I, think that's the, I think that's the push is more, you exactly. know, more people can say they were at the table, whether or not they get picked or not, still right. going to be a thing. But at least, you you know, I, I think a frustrating thing for people to hear is that you never got to the table. Agreed. Right. I, I'm with you. Um, that's my opinion as well. Um, I, I don't think it's as big a deal. It'll solve some soccer. I mean, NJAC is not a South region uh, conference. It'll solve little weirdnesses like that. Centennial is not a South is, is not a, in in football is shouldn't be considered in the a, with the ASC. I think it'll solve some of those weird. How many? How many is lacrosse going to go to, Dave? I believe well, lacrosse goes to. They go. They move this year. Men move this year to fourth, I think, four. roughly. Thank God, because oh, if you <laughs> want to get me on a soapbox, Lane yeah, knows no, this. No, no. I will lose my mind about men's lacrosse. Um. And I've said that to a few lacrosse coaches, for the record. Um, I think it'll force them eventually to eight. There are 290 lacrosse programs, and until this year, we've been in two regions. Two regions, yep. Two, two regions. It's ridiculous. I, I like this push um, for that reason. I think it, it'll, it'll do good things. And listen, it is what it is. We're the biggest freaking division in the, in the NCAA. Sometimes you've got to think outside the box. Um, and I, and I at least appreciate this thinking and we'll see where it goes. We got like 18 months to truly figure it all out. Um, I, I'm intrigued to say that, to say the least. Uh, I don't see any other que- uh, questions, by the way, people really getting up for this uh, Tufts Bowden game coming up tomorrow night. Um, hey, uh, I, I found out talking to, I don't know if she mentioned it today that they're going to be issuing it's, it's free yes. to get in. 
but they're going to be issuing tickets because yes. they're worried about fire marshal yes. <laughs> problems at the game. So um, that's yeah. a pretty unusual thing for them to have to issue tickets for yeah. people to get into the game. I inadvertently had a number of main hooks this this show. We had Bowden on the show, obviously. I had uh, Mark Gilbride, though I tried to rename him Matt today. Um, he he played at Bowden. His dad's still the head coach at Bowden. He grew up, obviously, out, outside Bowden and Thompson. And then I totally forgot that Coach Cat out at Pomona Pitzer grew up in Ellsworth, which is yeah. true down east Maine. Not quite all the way to down east deep, but it's pretty darn close. Uh, a little more Maine connections than I expected. But, yeah, no, I'm – I think this goes Bowden's way. I don't think it's as close as people think it is. Um, I've said that already. I'll say it again. I, I think it's pretty good stuff. Um, parody on men's side. So we haven't do dove into the men's side. We The parody word feels like now we're overusing it because we've been using it now for about four or five years. But it is absolutely insane how many teams are pretty darn good. I I mean, this is how you want it, right? Oh, no, I don't. I'm not <laughs> complaining. It's just amazing because we're so used to having an upper tier, Ryan. And, and Lenny, you know this, yeah. too. You're so used to having an upper tier and a crux of teams. It might change, but that's your core group. I'd argue even Swarthmore is not by itself in that upper tier. It's wide open. Yeah. yeah. And go ahead, Lenny. I, oh, no, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was... Uh, I didn't get to put the full argument, and I think I mentioned what Dave Hickson said at the end of the last piece I did, where he talked about the the AAU really coming to fruition, and and he just mentioned the fact that every single one of these players is is playing eighty or a hundred games a year in high school because of all the AAU they're doing, yeah. and just the reps that they get make them all better players. And so any given game, it's not so much a talent disparity because the guys know what they're doing and, and anybody can knock anybody off if they have the right night. Um, we just don't have the same talent disparity because of how much experience all of these guys are getting. And I think that's a reasonable argument. It's not going to be the, the total answer, but I, I think it's a strong one. Lenny, your thoughts are, are, are you reveling in what is definitely a wonderful tweet reply to Alan Babbitt? <laughs> no, oh. no, uh, no, I love. By the I way, he writes. Uh, my basement needs an extreme home, uh, extreme makeover, and then tags HGTV, who has returned the extreme home makeover edition back to the show or back to the airwaves. Well done, sir. Hey, uh, you know, I need all the help. I need all the help I can get. But uh, the um, yeah, no, I I think it's great to see uh, uh, you know a lot of parody. You know, I mean, I've been part of a league for a long time that's always had a lot of parody from top to bottom and different teams come through. And so, yeah, I think on a, on a national level, uh, you know, um, it, 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 it's, it's great to see. So. Um, Lenny, I, I heard in another sport, people like some turnover at the top. I, I was fine with how things were going, but I, you know, I, so, so. I was just trying to figure out how I was going to transition. You were gonna, I know you're figuring out a way to work it in there. But, I know I know. was because you have had, let's be honest, since I've known you, you've probably had one of the more stranger Novembers through now periods of time in your time at Mount Union. And by the way, we should point out Lenny's one of our original regional reporters. We don't do a lot of regional reporting as time, much. Long anymore. before I came to Mount Union, but yeah. yeah. Yes, true. Where were you when we first had you? Uh let's see, in 01 or 2000, um, I was 01. a I was a capital. I was the uh, right. capital. Um, by the way, 
was, I feel bad for Ryan. It was a step down. I kid Ryan. I kid. Um, <laughs> but there were lots of guys between me and Ryan. So don't yeah, I know. I, I, I do realize that not only does the football team lose in the second round and let's be honest, things happen. North central was a darn good team as they proved it. Phenomenal, um, phenomenal team. Yeah, absolutely. So listen, if, if, if it's going to end, at least it was to, to the eventual champs, uh, the streak that you guys had, but, then, but then Lenny, you, you lose your football coach and your AD in a span of what? Six hours on a random day well, in the middle of well, January. They're, they're, well, they, they ended up coming out at the same time. They weren't, they weren't connected. So, no, I know. So. Well, I would argue they were connected, but well, no, I mean, I mean, what I'm saying is the, 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 uh, no, that right. The retirement thing was, was in the works long before sure. the, the, uh, the football thing. Happened, exactly. So. No, I, I yeah. realize that, but it was just funny. Cause all of a sudden I, I, I'm, I'm just relaxing one day and our Slack channel lights up and I'm like, what's up? And I go look over. I'm like, what? And then like six hours later, your, your AD goes, uh, tells the newspaper. Oh, by the way, I'm gone. You, you must've been sitting there going, okay, who's next? Like, just, <laughs> is some my, few line. Are you relieving too or something insane, what? sir? More than no. who's next, it's whether he's in charge now. <laughs> no, no, oh, I sent that to him, too. No, 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 I sent uh, a message to Lenny. Lenny can back this up. I sent a message to him. I, I gave him some time. I think it was, a, what, about a week and a half later, I said, so, are you the new AD? <laughs> No, 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 no. No, but no, seriously. Uh, well, no. we also hired we also hired a new president as well. So there was right. a there was a brief moment where there was no president, no AD, no football coach, <laughs> at least scheduled for next for next year. So yeah, we had, you guys we, hired Mister. You hired Mr. Accordius president, if memory serves. Correct, serves. correct. Yeah. Tom Tom Bozeman, who used to be a professor at Mountain Union. Oh. So he and his uh, daughter graduated from Mountain Union a year ago. So gotcha. we're, we're excited for uh, Dr. Bozeman to come back to uh, Alliance. He's a Northeast Ohio native and excited for him to get going. And, and we're equally, um, you know, excited for, uh, you know, obviously, yeah, the opportunity that Vince Karras had to – to uh, to go to the University of Toledo and and join some other Raiders uh, over there on staff and and also for uh, for Jeff Dart our new coach uh, who's been our offensive coordinator who's a uh, just a super yeah. super guy super football coach We're, we we couldn't be more excited that uh, that he's uh, he's coming through there and uh, you know it's it's still uh, it's still business as usual uh, in Alliance and as I corrected somebody probably the other day is yes our athletic director who's worked at the school since 1974 been the AD since 1985 is, is no longer going to be employed at the school. I have a pretty good idea. He's probably still going to be around. Yes. So I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going cold turkeys. So well, isn't, isn't the uh, new coach somewhat related? Uh, that is correct. That yeah, is correct. Yeah. So he's not going far at all. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I'm sure. Well, he only lives about a block from the field. So yeah. So I, I, you know I mean? So I don't, so yeah, I think, uh, and you know, it's it's like uh, you know I've, I've told you this before, Dave. You know it's like a it's like a Disney movie. You know their their family story and what they've meant to our yeah. institution. It definitely took uh, all of us. You know uh, I think we're all taking our own time to uh, to uh, get used to the idea. And and uh, like we say, he's he's uh, you know um, you know I mean Larry's just uh, I can't say enough. You know he's been great to me and my family and and uh, and great for Mount Union and great for the city of Alliance. As Dave, yeah. I know you can do Alliance and 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 been around and seen um and seen how the town reacts to to him and how the town reacts to our school and mm -hmm. and what our school is and what he's meant to our institution so we're uh so i hope he wants to 
continue to stay involved with the institution because because uh, yeah we we definitely uh, always need him around and and uh, like I said it's it's something I you know it's yeah what what he's done is is really remarkable. So. Have you made up the permanent press pass or the permanent sideline pass for him yet? I, I well we haven't really given him a pass anytime he's been here so I don't think we're no. going to start giving one I don't think we're going to start giving him one. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the tournaments in the future, the the Buck and NCA reps. Yeah, well, we're you know we're actually we're we're in the process of constructing a new uh, building yes. right now. Coach Capers gave us uh, uh, you know made a generous donation for a new building that's going to house uh, uh, some football offices and uh, film room and some of those things. And so I have a feeling I'm sure he's got a corner of that natched out that he'll be. Uh, he'll be around and, and, and through there. And so we're, you know, like I said, it, it's, you're right. It's been a time uh, when there's been a lot of, been a lot of change and a lot of stuff uh, uh, going on. And as I reminded some of our coaches, you know, every day in the paper, there's a college athletics transaction and uh, it hasn't been at our place for very long, for a long time, but you know, it happens. And so, uh, so I, you know, we have a great group of people that work at our school and, and uh, like I said, great group of people leading our school. And so we're, we're excited going forward. So. No, you, it's fascinating. Just, I'm just not used to the news, uh, but it was. I had the University of Toledo women's basketball coach on earlier in the show, uh, Coach Cullop, uh, resisted all urges to end it with, by the way, you do realize you guys stole the head coach from the top team in Division Three for the last Exxon years. Well, and, and I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of the people that are probably watching right now know this. You know, their head coach, Jason Candle, yep. was the offensive coordinator when I first came to Mount Union and, and played at Mount Union. And, uh, and uh, Mike Hallett, former head coach at Heidelberg, is the offensive line coach at Toledo. There's also uh, Ross Watson, who played football at, at, at Mount Union's on their staff. Ricky Ciccone is on their staff. So they yep. have a, a lot of Mount Union connections uh, at their at their campus. Uh, the Glass Bowl is a great place uh, in the MAC, one of the, probably the best stadium in the MAC. And so and and before Coach Candle was there, Matt Campbell, who's at Ohio at Iowa State now. Um, you know, was the head coach there and has also done done a, an unbelievable job. So we're 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 really fortunate to have those kind of people out in the coaching community. And, and like I said, you know, Vince did an unbelievable job as our head coach. And uh, I mean, he'll be uh, he'll be a name that I'm sure people will be hearing throughout sure. you know, big time football. You yeah. Know, stuff. Um, before we leave the top or before we get back to the topic of basketball, one other topic, Stag Bowl comes to the Hall of Fame. Uh, OAC is the spon- is the sponsor, right? It's not you guys. It's the OAC. No, nope, not us. Yeah, the Ohio Athletic Conference, right. the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and uh, the Canton Visitor Convention Bureau will be uh, hosting the game just a mere awesome. uh, 20 miles west of here at the, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And the stadium was rebuilt a couple years ago, big yes. uh, $100 million project to redo the stadium, and it's a gorgeous stadium. Uh, it hosts uh, high school games. On Friday nights, it hosts um, the Ohio High School uh, State Championship Games. There's seven divisions of football in Ohio, and they've played there the last number of years. And uh, and then also there's a Division II college, uh, Walsh College mm-hmm. in North Camp, and that's where they play their home games. Oh, wow. And so, so, it, so it gets a lot of action. It's uh, People do a phenomenal job. Uh, you uh, – you know, when you get there in December, the press box, you know, it's an NFL quality stadium, just uh, uh, about a third of the size of your typical NFL stadium. Sure. But everything else is is built to NFL quality because they do host the right. you know Hall of Fame game and the induction ceremonies every year at, in the stadium. And so it's uh, yeah, 
It's I, I mean, it'll be a great environment. I'm sure there's going to be uh, gold jackets involved. There's a lot of our alums that work at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And oh, so cool. I, I know that they're I know they've been fired up. I think it's been about four years now since the announcement was made yes. that the game was coming there. And so they've been fired up, you know, from then till now. And, and I know that they're all going to put on a they're, they're all going to put on a great, uh, you know, a great job, no matter regardless of which teams make it to the game. Oh, absolutely. It, Gonna uh, they're going to be on par with Salem, I highly suspect. Are, are we going to get a big snowstorm, though? That's what we want. <laughs> well, I can tell you, if they get a big snowstorm, they're definitely going to be ready. They're used to handling it. But, yes, that's uh, true. You know, knock on wood, we get a winter like this one, and it'll be uh, I, it'll be pretty mild. And and I can say, well, you know, two years ago when I was in Shenandoah, I, at kickoff on Friday night, it wasn't much warmer than Canton, Ohio. No, it was not. <laughs> I, I can tell you that. Um, so. No, it was not. I think uh, this is kind of dumb. I think you were, you guys were in Salem the year of the blizzard that pushed we the were. game to the evening, which basically started the Friday 2000, nights. 2009, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think the story's finally out, so I can be safe to say that while they were plowing, uh, they accidentally hit a goalpost and shifted it. And John Saunders tells a story while the committee was going around to make sure the field was okay. He's just standing under the goalpost going, don't walk over here, don't walk over here. Don't walk over here. And then the whole game, he sat there going, no field goal towards that post, please. No field. It was just slightly off. Uh, luckily, it had no effect on the game. Um, but talk about a, well, an I'm effort. I'm going to claim it now, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm just ah, kidding. I see what you did there. Um, my transition back to basketball is going to be this. Were they not planning or are they still planning to put an arena at the Hall of Fame as well? Uh, so, yeah. So there's now a separate entity called the Hall of Fame Village. That is, yes. uh, you know, building the stuff around the Hall of Fame. And that was in one of the plans. I, I'm not sure, uh, you know, things have changed a little bit. You know, mm. I, I won't bore you with all the minutia. There's uh, some <laughs> articles and things like the New York Times and other things where you can read about, uh, you know, what's gone on the last number of years there. Okay. But, yeah, there was a plan for that. Um, whether or not that's going to happen or not, they're, they're supposed to host the uh, men's volleyball Division Three championship, I think, in 2022 okay and 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 i would imagine that you know obviously there's a it, right next to the stadium is uh canton mckinley high school and uh there's a large uh field house okay uh, behind the press box so i mean you there's a gym on site it's just a high school well it's a very large high school right gym. no i know what you mean that's that's right there and there's also a civic center um, just a few minutes away where uh, there's a G League team that plays at the uh, the Canton Charge, gotcha. play at the Canton Civic Center. So there's plenty of venues, but yeah, I, I haven't, they haven't broke ground for any uh, type of arena, but you're right. There was a, on the original plan, there was supposed to be an arena on site. I was under the impression, I didn't get this completely confirmed, but at least enough information that I can say that we were under the impression that there was one plan for men's basketball. Instead of going to Fort Wayne for four years, there was two more years Salem and two more years at a place that was being built. And we're all under the impression that that was Canton um, and that they were trying to bring the men's basketball championships to Canton. Um, so that's why I ask about the arena. Cause I'm, I'm curious if they're going to be back in the mix because technically the new bidding process has restarted. We're not at a Correct. decision that for 2023 to yes. 2020, believe it or not, it, we, the, I think it takes about a year to get their bids in. I think in about a year's time, we'll know where the next set of bids go. Uh, roughly. I mean, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but men's basketball and football, I think are be fascinating ones to see where they end up. I've heard some fascinating bid 
uh, ideas, but no, nothing I want to put out there on record. Um, we've done two, we've done two track and field, and we have two more to go. So we're we're and we did some rearranging with that as well. So oh, you guys, by the way, another good track and field program. Um, <laughs> you 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 keep yourself busy, sir. Um, by the way, that'd be the coach that might walk in the door that throws you for a loop. <laughs> um, <laughs> by the way, I'm just going to throw this out there now. I've gotten this confirmed from several sources. Uh, I don't care if they care anymore or not because the deadline is ba basically 24 hours away. There's at least one school that might surprise people that are leaving Division Three and want to go to Division Two. In the Buffalo area, it's Duyuville. Duyuville wants to leave. Um, I, I bring that up because we still have this kind of flux, Lenny, in Division Three, and now they've shortened the timeline to three years. Do you think there's schools that might jump into Division Three now from your vantage point? Oh, you mean schools that would come to Division yeah. Three or schools? Now that, that it's would... a shorter three-year process. Oh wow, that's a great question. Um, man, I you know I I don't know. You know, I heard some of the stuff. You know, Dan was talking about with NLI, and it, it might be interesting if Division Three. You know how they decide to handle NLI. Does that? Um, I don't know. Does that drive some schools to go to say, well, hey, you know, we we like the Division Three model with regards to all kinds. And maybe they would, you know, I, I you know, I, I really have, have no, uh, you know, have no idea, you know, I mean, uh, you know, obviously uh, I've been in a conference in a region that doesn't have too much uh, no. shifting. So, uh, so you, it so must I, be nice, sir. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you're stability. in a conference that's older than the world series, you have, you know, you usually True. have some, some, a little bit of stability. So. Which is funny because the Mac Commonwealth is just about as old and they have tons of movement. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, all right, let's, let's slide back to basketball. Someone asked me about um, – well, where's the darn question? It disappeared on me. Uh, oh, this was Brennan Casey paying attention around the nation. This is a Mary Washington question. Fill in the blank. Drew Johnson hitting 13 of 14 three-pointers for Mary Washington last night was blank. I don't know if you guys saw this, but 13 of 14 from deep last night that, for Mary Washington. Ryan? That's pretty impressive. I did not see that. That yeah. is the kind of thing that I usually pick up on, but um, that's amazing. That's insane. I think that's insane. That's a that's a big number, Lenny. Yeah, that is a big, a big number. Hey, I, I just hit 13 three-pointers. I can't even do the math right now. Is that 39 points just from beyond the arc, right? Yes. I was yes. told there'd be no math. So yeah, I know. Was, I shouldn't have been doing math after being on the air for nine hours myself. Um, Mac Commonwealth women's side. I realize I'm going to be the only one who thinks about this. Phil, it's a it's an insane race this year. Albright, Messiah, uh, Widener. That that women's race on the Mac Commonwealth side is fascinating. Actually, to the point that I decided not to have a guest on today from the Mac Commonwealth women's side. I went with the men because it was easier to figure out who the men's guest was going to be than I could figure out who the women's guest was going to be. So I went with the Mac Commonwealth on the on the women's side. We'll go to the men's or the men's side. We'll go to the women's side someday. But that's a that's gonna be a fun race. Um, I actually feel bad for the racks this year because I think they're in for a ton of nitpicking from day one um, across the board in both sports. Um, by the way, John Jay, I now have my favorite. Uh, I don't know why I didn't know this beforehand. I now have my favorite mascot, the Bloodhound. Oh, the Bloodhound! You oh. didn't know they were the Blood. Mwah. That's awesome. Um, oh, uh, by the way, uh, SID Jeff Henson says not the oldest conference. Yeah, I realize. I didn't say there were. I no, didn't you say didn't. I might have. 
I might yeah. have. That might have been my slip of the tongue. Jeff likes to point out when I make the mistake, and, and rightly so. Um, Ryan, any other thoughts around Division Three tonight in general? Uh, no, I mean, looking forward to another big weekend, right? And yeah. and I was looking at, uh, it feels like we're not, we're not into February yet. But, no! Uh, looking at my list of topics for my columns coming up, there's only like three weeks left until we start getting into conference tournaments. So uh, it's coming quick. Yeah, it is. By the way, Yeshiva's up on purchase 84-64 with 2.13 left in that game. I guess they shook yeah. off the Sarah Lawrence performance. Well, Simka Halpert is having a little bit of a night. Oh, he's, is he? Uh, I didn't even seven, look. He's hit seven threes already tonight. So Ooh. that's. Uh... By the way, another race to watch, ASC men's race. That thing's a dandy right now. Uh, I had an ASC SID reach out to me about a guest on the show. Uh, and they started naming off teams, and then he names off another, and then he names off another. There's just that many teams that are playing well this year. It's it's fun to watch. Uh, by the way, top 25 yeah. score on the women's side, Mary Harden-Baylor had an easy time with McMurray, 74. Well, Dave, yeah. speaking of kind of uh, off-the-wall stories or different things in these next couple of weeks, have you, uh, um, obviously in our conference, have you seen uh, Marcus Dempsey at Muskegon play? Have you seen any of his, uh, he's, he's the nation's second-leading scorer? Very little. I haven't seen as much as I should. Um, I assume worth watching. Kind of down the standings, but he obviously puts on a show a lot of nights when they're playing. I think he uh, uh, last night he just became Muskegon's all-time leading scorer. Oh, weren't oh, they, I did see they that. In, weren't they in Vegas? They, I think, yeah, they weren't they in Vegas. I think. Oh they my were gosh, in they were. Forgive me. <laughs> so you would have seen Marcus. Yeah, I there did you go. see Marcus. He's outstanding. What am I talking about here? I yeah. thank you. It's nine, See, it's nine hours in. It's nine And hours I haven't in. even had a drink besides water and coffee and a little bit of soda. Um, no, he's tremendous. Reminded me of a taller um, Ashton Francis. Um, maybe not the basketball IQ of Francis had his senior year, but he's building into that. No, he's yeah, he has another year. I mean, he has a fifth year that, you know, he's got I, another year know. coming. Right. Um, he's really good. And he takes some incredible shots that he knows are going in. And that's why he's taking them. Not because he's throwing them up. He knows that they're going to go and he nails them. Thank you, Ryan, for waking my dead brain up. Uh, <laughs> I, I forgot, like him. I forgot, I, I forgot they were there too. So yeah, yeah he's fun loaded, to watch. He's fun to watch. I do, uh, have to pop out Dave. No, uh, no, I'm kidding. I may be able to come back if you're no, on. No, I don't think longer, we're going to be lasting but, uh, much longer. I am clearly fading fast. I have to take off here at 9.30 Eastern time. So uh, congratulations on another marathon, and thank thanks you, for sir. having me on. Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. It'll leave Lenny and I, which will be old time's sake. See you later. <laughs> take care, sir. Um, Lenny, uh, as we got a really funny angle on you, as you can see in the screen, I will fix that. <laughs> We're getting the um, the special the movie shelf. effect. Get the whole shelf in now. Yeah, we can get the whole shelf. It's also the movie effect, sir. It's the movie. Well, Lord knows I need a wide-angle lens. <laughs> I do too, sir. That's why I have the uh, the uh, webcam. It, it gives me the best profile possible. Uh, Allegheny men's basketball with a tough week against two nationally ranked teams, but started with a key win over Worcester. Hey, Lenny, you're close enough to that race. That NCAC race is mind-boggling because Worcester goes and thumps on Wittenberg, and then the next game goes and gets thumped by Denison. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, I, yeah, it's it's really, you know, 
Uh, Worcester, I, I would imagine, is hard to get a read on this year because, yeah, they've 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 won some games, they've uh, and they've lost some games, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, last night, uh, you know, Sean King, the SID at Allegheny, he had a great note counting up the number of days from the last time Allegheny won at Worcester, and it was over eight thousand days since uh, Allegheny had won a, a game at Worcester. And so, um, so yeah, so I, yeah, I agree. It'd be tough to, it's going to be tough to figure out, you know, a lot of times that race is almost defaults to Wittenberg and Worcester yes. and they get all the way to the championship game and it's like, okay, you know, play and get it over with. So I think, you know, this year might be a little more, you know, a little more drama, I guess, maybe if the, those other teams can, can get in there and, and, and do something, I know it'll make for some interesting, uh, you know, pool C, uh, discussions oh. as we were talking earlier about you know, Wittenberg's SOS potentially, and then, you know, what happens, you know, with those teams and how that all shakes out. So. Yeah, uh, agreed. By the way, someone has voted you for AD, just for the record. Um, oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> not that they have a vote. Yeah. Oh, uh, well. Not that any of us have a vote. Um, I kind of miss talking basketball with you, sir. Um, we, we, we always have had regional reports from you. I'll never forget the one you did with us on Skype where we got to see the Mount Union basketball court in the background that was nice and fun uh from i don't think it was your office i think it was an adjacent office but um when you look around either gender anywhere in the country what's jumped i i know you don't go deep into into basketball as much as you used to because you've got your your responsibilities but what has jumped out at you well i think we've talked a little bit about it last uh tonight i think you know obviously the parody on the men's side and uh i think like you when you were talking to sam i think it's a perfect year for uh for this tournament format that they're gonna have because i think you're gonna see some wild games and some teams you know I, I, there's gonna be a push to just to get in the tournament because when you're in the tournament i think a lot of teams are gonna feel like if you know, uh, if they get the right matchups, they get the right, you know, uh, you know, even even a team getting a chance to host is, is going to be an important uh, an important thing. Just a lot of great finishes. I saw the end of that, uh, the Augustana Elmhurst game last night and saw that great shot. And so, yeah, so I, I think on the men's side, um, definitely the parity from top to bottom. I, on the women's side, I think the. You know, they might not have as much parity when you look at the top of their rankings and, and those teams and the history that those teams have. But I think, like I said earlier, how those teams are going to kind of where how the committee is going to line up those teams, where those teams are going to go when they start facing each other. Obviously, we're going to get like you said, we're going to get a little taste of it this week with one versus two. But I think it's fascinating how how that's going to work out. And then if a team can jump into that, can jump into that mix. How that, uh, you know, a second or third tier team can jump in there and how that'll go. And so, yeah, so I, I agree it's going to be a wild, you know, uh, three week sprint here. And then once uh, that week of conference tournaments and before you know it, we'll be we'll be talking uh, the brackets. Uh, I know. I, I I feel like this being further out from the regional rankings is going to have give me time to get ready for some of the bigger shows at the end of the month. And I realize quickly, no, it's going to be here in a blink of an eye. Uh, and it's going to be in the weeds as always. Um, I'm going to ask you a larger question. I don't know if you went to the convention or not. Um, the NCAA convention, I did not. You did not. Okay. I figured as much, but I didn't want to assume. I mean, much. I paid attention to what was going on, and sure. I've been, but, but I was not there. What's, what's bigger on the radar right now for Division Three? The fact that we're going to have this regional overhaul, let's call it maybe a better way, expansion overhaul. The fact that we are 
dealing with schools that likely could close up shop at any given moment or something else that we're not even aware of that, you know, you know of, or, or that is underlying that may rear its head. Well, I think those are all big things, Dave. I think the business of higher education around the country. And, uh, I think, uh, um, uh, you know, especially in an election year and, and those things, I think, yeah, name, name, image, and likeness. And, uh, and definitely, uh, you know, the, you know, trying to, you know, tweak the championship system as best we can. I, I don't know if there are three bigger issues that, uh, that are happening at, at the, uh, at the division three level to deal with. Um, I think, you know, the, the tough part is it's hard to get your hands around, those kind of things, uh, yeah. I think, um, you know, and, and tough to adjust those kind of things. Um, you know, I, you know, I, like I said, at some point do, does the division have to have a discussion on, you know, size of conferences relative to automatic bids and, uh, or, or do the finances, those same finances that might cause some schools to close, do they start causing schools to how they, um, uh, how they line up their schedules, how they line up their mm. conferences, how they line up their competition to to be able financially to uh, to do some things. I think uh, you know from an operations uh, uh, standpoint of things uh, nationally, I think officiating is definitely a huge issue and a huge concern. Uh, I think the the you know the uh, pending problem with lack of available officials or qualified officials yeah, or call. officials. Um, and how those might affect also might affect scheduling and uh, and games and some of those kind of things. So yeah, there's some there's some heady uh, there's some heady things that are coming down the road uh, for the division. But you know, like you said, you talked to Dan today, and and we have some phenomenal leadership at at, at, at our divisional level, and and uh, and also the obviously all the uh, different folks from different schools that uh, that chip in to help at the at the NCAA level on committees and those things. So um, you know, so I mean, I give I give Sam kudos for being able to do uh, you know uh, be an SID and then take tackle mm-hmm. trying chair a committee and do those things that's a that's a tough ask for anybody to do and he's done it so well that obviously they wanted him to do it again and and uh I, you know obviously he's he's done a great job uh shepherding uh the committee through things so. yeah no you the officiating thing i think you you bring that up i know the 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 division three commissioners group has tried to make that a priority we're going to try and dive into that at a later show here coming up on what that really means i know that in basketball we now have heads of officials. I'm starting to see the impact of that at games. Um, I don't think it's as far along as, as one had hoped to be along the process, but I am fascinated. As Dan pointed out, the aging out of, of officials and the fact that, let's be honest, the brutal, brutal treatment of, of those who decide to do officiating at a much you know, through the, the, the learning process, it's the parents of youth sports and stuff are just absolutely killing the will of what could be really good officials to move into college. Yeah, Dave, sportsmanship definitely comes into play. You know, I, I was uh, fortunate enough to sit on a committee a couple years ago that helped design uh, what we call Game Day the D3 way, which is a tool for Division three schools to uh, assess and uh, train 
um, do some sportsmanship training on their campus with their staff and coaches, but then also uh, a tool to kind of evaluate where they're at with some sportsmanship things and, and those sorts of things. And, um, you know, no place is perfect and, and, and some places obviously are better than others. And, and, uh, but, uh, but I do think that that's a, a, a conscious effort that schools have to make toward uh, trying to make an environment uh, that's, uh, uh, yeah, not only suitable for our student athletes, but suitable for, uh, officials, for game workers, uh, for, uh, for those sorts of things, for other fans, quite frankly, sure. to be able to enjoy, uh, games. And it's something that, uh, you know, uh, it's something that maybe, uh, a number of years ago, people didn't think that much about, but it's definitely something that I think now is on the front burner of a lot of people. And like I said, this, you know, game day, the D three way we worked with the folks at Disney and the Disney Institute and, and I, you know, put together, you know, a great, a, a great little program that obviously people can go online and find out more information about it. And, and, uh, uh, but it was really I, that what you're just saying is what really was the impetus to to start that initiative in the first place. No, a great initiative. Uh, I applaud you for it. If you don't mind, I know I've taken your time. I really appreciate it. I've got a couple yeah. of quick questions that I wanted to ask you. Um, already forgetting one, which is really a problem. Um, so I'll jump to the other one and try to remember. Might have to go back to a topic. But the ACAA and CAC, according to my sources, have agreed to merge. Um, this kind of gets to your talk topic of what does a conference need to do to get an AQ? And I know that's a little bit of a football conversation because I think a valid one, um, there's a lot of uh, AQs out there that are going to very minimal conferences, but ACAA, CAC coming together, probably not going to be playing games against each other. There was talk at one point of trying to mandate a conference schedule of some kind to guarantee the AQ on top of the numbers that seems to have dissipated. Will this rein re-engage that conversation and what are your thoughts of an ACAA CAC merger that only plays a tournament to get an AQ yeah well like I said I mean people have to make decisions uh you know based on you know a lot of factors whether it's uh you know uh uh, financial geography whether or not it's uh availability uh um, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, desperation is the mother of invention, I guess. And so sometimes these things have to have to happen. But, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, you know, the, you know, that those things, you know, I, you know, it's I, I'm obviously not in a place to question what, you know, people do or don't do or, or, or why they choose to do sure. something. Uh, but it's uh, but I, I can understand why they're they're desiring to do it. And uh, obviously, you know, they want to keep uh you know, some semblance of a conference together and, and that's, uh, and, and it's mutually beneficial to the, to the parties involved. And so it, but it's, it does, like you said, yeah, it opens up a bigger discussion. I mean, there are other things where conferences have affiliate members from kind of far flung places to, uh, to make sure they can keep, uh, you know, uh, automatic bids. Um, uh, we're in a case, even on our campus, you know, we added men's volleyball a year ago. We're in a, we're in a league that saw half the members leave a year ago mm. and, and we pieced together. Uh, we have six members this year and still have our AQ right. than we had last year. And we have three more members coming in next year. And so there's a lot of moving around as, as men's volleyball is kind of going through what lacrosse went through maybe a decade ago with kind of a, uh, maybe some rapid growth yes. uh, through, throughout the country, um, which is great because men's volleyball is fun to watch a great uh, a great sport to have on campus but uh but um yeah so it's 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 all part of that stuff we were just talking about dave that there's going to be um a lot of discussions had 
you know, at the national level on how to put things together to make things, um, you know, for schools to be able to kind of uh, weather through things um, over the next, you know, five to 10 years easy. Yeah, there's some fascinating things on the radar. Unfortunately, totally lost the other question I was going to ask you, which means the moment you sign off, I will have remembered (laughs) it. Uh, And it's probably a really good one. Um, I do like your initiative. I think at some point, maybe in the offseason, I'd love to get you back on, talk about that initiative, because I don't think... In my opinion, that's making enough waves, and maybe I'm just missing what, the, it. The game day, the game yeah, day, yeah, the game day thing. I'd love, yeah, to have I you. mean, a great guy. I mean, he was at the NCAA at the time, but now he's the commissioner of the Heartland, Jay Jones. Yes, good guy. He was really, the, he was one of the driving forces behind it. He would be a great guest cool. uh, for you to talk to, and and could tell you about the program. Gary Williams, the athletic director at Wittenberg, he also was uh, was part of that initial. That you know, they were really two of the front people on that initial wave of of folks that. Uh, that put that program together, but we had, we had a great cross section of folks from, uh, faculty reps, you know, myself as an SID, we had uh, facility managers, we had, uh, uh, obviously athletic directors and, 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 and student athletes themselves that, uh, tried to, tried to put all this thing, thing together. And, and yeah, I think it's something that, that every school and conference needs to talk about and, and uh, make sure that they're, that, you know, they're, they're having those kind of um, making their environments, you know, fun, but also, you know, um, making sure they're, they're respectful and mm-hmm. safe and, and uh, you know, a, a great environment for fans and, and games to be played in. Yeah. I agree with you entirely. Hey, sir, I appreciate the time. Uh, I'll close out the show from here, but uh, thanks for coming on. I kind of miss our chats. Uh, it was fun to have you back. Um, try and enjoy uh, the spring uh, if you can. You've got some some good basketball teams there. They may have you a little bit busy here. I know you're not their primary contacts necessarily, but you might be a little bit busy here coming up. Yeah, both uh, both teams, uh, you know, have, have played really well, and uh, you know, our, our our men have played phenomenal yes. back in the in the top twenty five. Our, our our women have have battled and. And uh, gotten through some things. They had a tough loss last night up at uh, up at John Carroll. But uh, yeah, the uh, men's team is very exciting to watch. They got a big game. Uh, you know, uh, well, every game right now seemingly is big in the OAC. But two True. weeks from uh, tonight or last night, they'll play at Marietta, and that uh, those two teams are uh, two games ahead of the field. And so it's uh, um, there was a phenomenal game uh, a week or so ago at, at Mount Union. And so yeah, so Coach Fuline's done a done a phenomenal job. So. No, it is. And and the 107-70 victory, sir, was pretty darn impressive. I'm not expecting the same down there in the in the I, tough I mean, confines I've, of Marietta. I've seen a lot of basketball games over the years and that and that uh that performance that night <laughs> against the quality of opponent it was yeah. is uh, is right up there in, in my book. I I mean they uh um yeah, our guys played a game that uh, they could have they could have beat a lot of teams that night, and and they beat a heck of a good team in in Marietta, and so it's uh, so yeah, it, it was uh, it was great to watch. They're they're a great group of guys. You know, I, I know you talked a little bit to Coach Feline about yeah. Devonta and his and his uh, yes. and his YouTube his YouTube channels, which yes. is uh, it's I think he's up near he's getting close to like a hundred thousand followers. So Holy people should cow. go check out. The, Devante Frigga and I, I, I think you, you said you'd maybe watch some of the videos. I've watched I mean, some, yes. He does give people a, a perspective of what it's like. If you want to know what it's like to be a college student today, uh, his 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 channel will will give you the uh, the four one one on being a a college student with, today. Cause with he, a side he, of of tongue in cheek, is that fair? Like he's giving you the perspective, but he's having fun with it. 
Yeah, but that's I mean, really, but that's, that's who he is, though. He's I right. mean, it's not uh, I mean, it's not an act. I mean, he's no, uh, he's no, 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 no. A, he's a he's a pretty uh, he's a pretty happy, uh, happy go lucky kind of guy going yes. about his thing. And, and he's and he's kind of taken this whole thing. And, you know, he's obviously, you know, w- you know, this type of thing would be a test case for name, image and likeness, because, you know, right now he can't he yeah. can't make any any money off those hundred thousand followers that he has right now. Um, and that's know. a big thing nowadays that that is a, a portal for some career wise. No. Uh, and that's what he wants to do. I mean, that's, this is, I mean, that's what he, that's what he aspires to do. And so, I mean, so it's those kind of things, you know, uh, like Dan was talking, it's that one thing where, you know, it's the athlete, um, you know, in that case, you know, I think he was splitting things into three pods and yes. that's the one pod where it's the athlete kind of making money a little bit because he or she is an athlete and they're using that to, to, to make some money where I think in the other pond, he was talking about maybe the, uh, um, the, the kid that works as a DJ at a radio station in right. town and just happens to get paid, uh, for doing that or the kid that's, uh, or like the kid that's a concert you know, musician that might go play in a band and, right. and how those things affect, you know, could an athlete go and do some of those things based on being an athlete and, and some of those kind of things. So yeah. it's going to be a fascinating discussion. There's no question about that, but his, yeah, his channel, I would encourage everybody to, to check it out. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. It is. And I thought coach few lines um, message him. And I told coach this was phenomenal. Remember I, there's young kids like my son, who find your channel fascinating, but keep that in mind. You know, you're being watched by more than just your peer group. You're being watched by those who are younger and those who are older. Make sure you represent yourself the way you want to represent yourself. I thought that was tremendously good advice. Yeah. Well, and it's some of it, you know, I, I mean, I, I, myself and I know lots of other SIDs do it too. You know, I speak to all of our teams and we talk about, you know, how their, their online persona is really how people will nowadays, how people will meet them before they meet them face to face. True. And so how they, how they carry themselves in those interactions are going to be how people, how people judge them. And he, you know, I, like any other college kid, there's been times where he's kind of skirted the line a little bit and, you know, and, or a bad words slipped out from somebody or something else. But, you know, yeah, he, I think he definitely is conscious now uh, and has been the fact that, yeah, that, that, uh, that uh, yeah, Coach Fuline's children, my daughter, I'm sure other other uh, you know my daughter's friends, those things that they they might come across his channel and and he needs to be you know aware of those things and so yeah, but it it has really like I said it, it gives people really kind of an inside the ropes uh, the yes. ropes look at things and he's he's very yeah. respectful in how he does it and and has a lot of fun with it so it, it's been a yeah like I said it's been a it's been a neat uh, it's been a neat thing I I. I tune in every once in a while. My assistants, I think, watch it all the time, or they're they're uh, you know <laughs> keeping an eye on it. But it's uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's 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 been a it's been different. Well, yeah, because there's a couple there's guys that help him out with this thing that are following him around everywhere. So you see these guys walking around with cameras and and everything else. Or there's drone shots of the bus leaving, and you're like, well, where, where are those guys at? What are they doing? But but they do they do a really nice job. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try and watch more to be honest with you. Cause I, I do want to get that perspective and I find it fascinating, sir. Again, really appreciate your time. I'll leave it to this. I always give the guests the final word and I'm going to consider you a guest tonight. Any final oh, thoughts, wow. any final thoughts you want to share with those who tuned in? 
Well, once again, Dave, I can't thank you enough for what you've done, uh, what this, what you did with the show today, uh, the time and the effort and you put in. And, and I think, uh, like I said, I would, I would tell people if you, if you miss some of it to go back and watch and listen to some really great interviews that you had, uh, you know, I guess I wouldn't be doing my part as, as an SID if I, if I didn't take a, a moment that I know you do all the time to thank all of uh, the SIDs that uh, that work so hard to get uh, to not only tell you and Ryan and Pat and other people about stories about their teams and and promote their student athletes and and uh, and learn new uh, you know learn new statistics software that most of them are learning right now and yeah. and do yeah. the things that they do so I, so I think uh, you know uh, uh, sports information directors in general have done. Uh, have done just a, do a phenomenal job and, and, and help make all this stuff go. And like I said, I know that you, you know that and, and appreciate that. And, and, uh, and like everybody else said, given the events that uh, happened uh, this past weekend and events that you and I have talked about with friends of ours, like a, a guy like Chris Wentzler and those kind of things, I think, you know, um, that at the end of the day, uh, you know, we might get uh, upset about, uh, SOS numbers or winning or losing <laughs> games, but it's really a people business. And, you know, I, I, I've spent a little bit of time at all three levels uh, in the NCAA and a lot of time, obviously, most of my life in, in Division Three now. And uh, and you won't find better people than you find at this level and uh, in groups of people. And so, and so I, I just encourage everybody sometimes when you're, you know, like I said, when that, when you're mad at that SOS thing, you're mad at that other team for beating you or that official for making a call, you know, <laughs> just take a deep breath sometimes and realize, Hey, you know, what, you know, what, what we're fortunate enough to be able to see. I agree with you entirely. Uh, we, we can make a lot out of nothing, but then in the end, let's make more out of something than, than, than what we, need to worry about sir thank you for the time take care of yourself i'll look forward to talking to you down the road all right thanks man we'll see you soon definitely take care he's lenny reich mount union's uh communications director uh good man appreciate him having the time to, to come on the show uh fun to talk to everybody here on the show tonight um and appreciate everybody taking the time uh, i'm gonna wrap up the show at this point uh we're gonna wrap it up in like five minutes i know there's an outstanding question from phil he says with a max executive director retiring at the end of the academic year do you think the commonwealth and freedom current format will change well they continue with separate aqs in in many sports and combined conference in others yeah i don't see anything changing uh i did have a, a theory in my head that when he left there would be a chance that the NCAA might say, okay, enough of the shenanigans and, and the shenanigans are going to continue. And I mean that because nobody else gets to do this. Um, but next year, York will move into the Mac Commonwealth. Lycoming and Acadia will leave for the freedom and Eastern will move in to the Commonwealth. And that movement while technically in line with how you can do it because you don't lose AQs and such, but there's no penalty for leaving the conference. There's, there's no two-year plan that you're going to leave, and they can just move pieces. And I know that frustrates conferences like the ASC, the USA South, and other large conferences because they can't do that with two AQs in line. Um, they can certainly move pieces around divisions in those conferences with absolutely no problem, but they've got one winner at the end of the day. Whereas the Mac and a lot of sports have two 
but they treat it essentially like divisions. Now, no, there's no crossover play in conference that counts. There's crossover play if coaches want to play each other. Um, but I think that's still a frustration that is, that is brewing underneath everything about the max setup. Now, they're grandfathered into those AQs. If they were ever, in my opinion, and I could be wrong on this, but if they were to ever lose status of one of those AQs in a sport, I don't think they're getting it back. Um, but no, I, I think the new executive director is going to come in uh, and pick up where everything currently lays. The only thought I had was maybe when, when Ken Andrews left that they might force him to say, you now need to treat these as two separate conferences, two different executives, two different offices. Um, I compare it to television. I used to work for the ABC affiliate in Baltimore. We were owned by Scripps, and, and, and that station is still owned by Scripps. Scripps is now the largest ABC affiliate and the second largest affiliate owner, I believe, in the United States, but the long distance behind Sinclair, who also happens to be in this area. Sinclair offices are actually a couple miles from my house here. Um, when Scripps split and became Scripps Network, which was Food Channel, um, HGTV and and the rest, they still kept the same corporate headquarters. But by FCC rule, they had to split the building, essentially. And so Scripps Network formed. By the way, they took all the debt from Scripps TV and, and Scripps Spelling Bee and Scripps Newspapers and Scripps, um, by the way, they own the Peanuts, that whole group. They, they had no debt because they took it over to Scripps Network when they formed the network. But the building got split. You'd have to have different CEOs. You had to have different HR departments. You had to have everything done differently. I did think that when Ken Andrews left, there would be a chance that Division Three would come in and say to the MAC, all right, that's it. Time's up. Treat yourselves as two different conferences. The problem, though, is that they do come together as football and, and some other sports. But that's, that's one that can be easily overlooked and treated in a different way. The problem is it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I don't see it happening. Um, it doesn't mean down the road the USA South and AFC have finally had enough and, and others join on board to force a change. But I I don't know where that change is going to come, to be blunt. Um, I do think that the, the two conferences have gotten, or the, the whole MAC as a general has gotten too big. If you look over the MAC's history, when it gets to a significant size, it sheds members because members get frustrated for whatever reason. And there could be a lot of reasons, and I'm not going to point to anything, and I'm not going to say that I know of frustrations by any stretch of the imagination. But when you get that large, you, it's going to be nine aside um, in basketball. One, you're, you're going to struggle with, with conference games. You've got 18 conference games, leaving you less games out of conference. You might see a couple shed. The... the the conference shakeups in Division Three from the Mid-Atlantic region onward are not ending anytime soon. The CAC-ACAA merger is just the latest piece. Um, there are some who feel the NEAC is a strong conference. In how it is set up, I will tell you on record, it's not as strong as some think it is. Remember, they're about to lose members, one to the Empire 8, two to the NAC. Uh, I I know on good authority they're about to lose another one uh, to a Mid-Atlantic Atlantic conference. There's probably another that's on the way to another conference as well. 
I do wonder how long the private schools up in New York hang on without moving somewhere else. You may ask where they may go. There's a chance the Empire 8 and the Liberty League feel they need to stay a, a little bit more solid with more schools. This is just my theory. Uh, Morrisville State is now the only state school going to be left on the northern side of this NEAC. I don't know if they stay. There was a time I thought they were going to the NAC, but those who were leaving the NEAC said they don't want to deal with Morrisville State anymore. Could Morrisville State move into the CAC-ACAA merger? I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying they are, but there are a lot of fluidity here, and with that fluidity comes the thought that the MAC could easily shed some members for either a new conference or a conference that's already there that's trying to establish itself. I still think there's movement within the school schools changing places to be honest I wish my alma mater would change places uh, I think there's a better conference for them out there somewhere um, but there's so many inner workings and, and by the way that has a ripple effect we've seen it ripple up into the northeast we've seen it ripple down in the south the USA South I'm told the split is now on hold but this USA South continues to get bigger it continues to get bigger Bob Bobby Jones is supposed to, I think, come into the USA South. It's too big. And they only have one pick. So at some point, they're all going to say, enough. We want our own pick. Our own AQ is what I'm talking about. So they're going to split. So I don't, we're going to continue to see this evolving um, and changing. It's amazing that conferences like the Centennial have held firm. It's amazing that conferences like the OAC and the NCAC have held so steady. Um, you're going to see more changes out of the AMCC. Again, Duville is apparently headed to D2. That's good because their conference scheduling has gotten insane, leaving very little wiggle room for a team like LaRoche to, pre to prepare themselves a better resume. Uh, so Duville leaving is good in that sense. I think Duville's nuts. I don't see D2 being a benefit to Duville. Um, by the way, the NEAC, Wells has been having financial trouble. They could close up shop for all we know. I hope not. It's my aunt's alma mater. I know it's a tremendously good school. Went co-ed to try and save themselves. They're having trouble. The Atlantic East is in trouble. Wesley's doors are about to close, to be blunt. Um, apparently, they need $3 more million just to make a merger happen. And the merger's not happen with you, Delaware, which would probably leave Wesley open as a, as a charter or as a chapter. It's probably going to happen with Delaware State, and Delaware State's not going to leave Wesley open. So Wesley could be gone in a matter of four months, could be gone in a matter of 18 months. They also might find millions of dollars. No one knows where they are. They also might use layoffs to, to stem the tide. But there's closures coming. There's going to be changes constantly happening. And back to my Mac point, it's so large that there's going to be members there that you can take out. Acadia was right on that fence of joining the AEC. Um, I had it on darn good authority they were joining. A couple months later, I had it on very good authority they were not leaving and joining the AEC. They were not going to go. Then I heard they were going. Then they were going to wait for the new president to make a decision. Then it sounded like the new president was going to come in and adopt that new decision. Then it was decided that he, they were going to stay. <laughs> it was nuts. So that is... It's constantly moving. And I think the new region setup might contribute to some schools maybe making some. I, I don't know. It, it's so complicated. So complicated. It's insane. 
Um, I see one conference coming. Mark uh, says, epic D3 day. Great guests and content as always. Thanks, Dave, for your tireless efforts and your passion. Mark, thank you very much. Thank you, sir, for the kind donation um, as well. I really appreciate it. Uh, checking to see, by the way, I got another donation that came in. I will get that. I'm at 10 hours, my wife has reminded me. She is right. I will, uh, I'll be signing off here momentarily, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> this donation's funny. Wants to get me to a particular number. Um, I give you credit, sir, for that effort. Uh, so let me update it for you. Yeah, I, I per- now you're just having games out of people because they want to get me to particular numbers. So thank you for doing the math because I probably wouldn't have been able to do it myself. <laughs> There's our donation total. Someone mess this up and give me a big number. Come on. Give me a big number. Uh, very funny, sir. Thank you. Um, I wanted to make sure there wasn't any others because um, I saw something. I did. Oh, it's going to screw you up, sir. Uh, I'm warning you now. The number was going to change again. So that makes it. Uh, so that goes there. Um, appreciate everybody's. The goal was 5000 today. Obviously, we're not going to get there unless someone comes in with a huge hit here. Um, we're going to continue this fundraiser through the end of the regular season, through the end of March 1. So obviously, we'll have it continue going. So the goal today was 5000 We'll continue that goal probably for, what, the next week or so. Then we're going to raise that goal and go even higher. Now, the, the donations are through PayPal. We found that they're the ones that are going to take the least amount of money from us. Um, most platforms, it was 5%. And then... Um, and then also per charge. So essentially, I'd lose 8% of your donation on every, on every uh, it's, it's not perfect science. It's kind of like the SOS. Um, but I was going to lose about 8% of the money, 8 to 10%. Um, this way, I'm only losing the percentage of the transaction. So, for example, someone gave a $500 donation earlier to start things off. Really means well to me. It came in at $485. do not worry. That's, that's not a problem by me. I'm fine with that. I understand that that's the ramification. Um, so the donation you see up there is actually then take off about 2.9%. My point being, um, this is the way we're doing it through PayPal. We wanted to try it this way. Um, and as long as we don't hit a particular number, I don't need to share with you. Um, they don't ask us a hundred questions about it. Um, this money is going to go towards us continuing this show. Maybe to be able to go to Atlanta, uh, to, 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 to be at the championship where I would like to, but because, to be blunt, I don't know how many, how many of you have been paying attention to, to my challenges. I had back surgery in, in October uh, on Halloween, actually. I dressed up as a, as a patient. Um, but I had back surgery. Uh, it was postponed all the way till then. It could have been as soon as October 7th. But my job with Major League Baseball had me busy because I worked two ballparks. I worked the Orioles and I worked the Nationals. And as you can guess, I was a little bit busy in October. Thankfully so. Um, that, that surgery, minimally evasive disectomy to get rid of a bulging disc, which popped up. Well, it's been popping up for years, but it finally blew out my back, uh, right before the final four. That's why Ryan was joking about my walk to the, um, the, the, um, barbecue shop. I didn't, a barbecue store. I did not know at the time what was going wrong. Um, but I found out later it was my back. Um, long story short, I apologize for rambling here. I now need a fusion surgery. Um, it's not going to happen anytime in the near future. It's going to happen this year. It'll happen probably near the end of baseball season again with the goal of, of, of getting a little bit better core built up for myself. The problem is that is missed time. And I, and I work as a freelance guy so that I can do this D3 stuff and I don't get paid time off. Um, so with that in mind, I'm going to lose a month of work probably in the fall. So I can't necessarily afford to go in to Atlanta for the championship because I need to work baseball that weekend 
unless we can find a way to compensate for that. On top of that, hardware gets old, needs to be updated. Uh, we'd like to travel with the show and go to great games around the country, whether it's to the Skyac to see games out west, whether it's to the northwest, which we've had open invitation to go out there, whether it's to the Chicagoland area to see CCIW Midwest, even get up in to see Wisconsin, whether it's New York to go see SUNYAC or, or Liberty or Empire 8 games, or into New England, where I really want to go to see NESCAC games and a bunch of others, or even down in the south, which I certainly have done but want to do again, and of course, Great Lakes. I want to go see OAC and NCAC games, but it costs money. And so as much as I hate making this a plea, to for us to be able to do this show, spend the time to do it, and then more importantly, um, keep up with what the expectations are, it takes money. And so that's where we are, and that's why we have decided to go back to a fundraiser, which many of you have asked us to do. I've just been reluctant to the last few years because I hate asking for money, to be blunt. I, I, I feel it just feels weird to me. Anyway, so that's the, the, the spiel. I'm still going to reach out for advertising. If there's any school, business, whatever, who wants to advertise on our show, let me know. I will send you our discounted advertising package for this year and the one that will look like for next year. So there's my spiel. And I, I, th I should probably get off the air now because it, it's been 10 hours. My voice is gone and I'm tired. And my wife says I'm rambling, which means she's probably listening upstairs on the show. Was there nothing else on TV tonight? My son watched the entire show. How crazy was that? Well, until he went to bed. Um, quickly checking to see if there's any other messages. And then we will wrap things up. Um, nope, there was a message. Hold on. Give me a moment here, folks. Yes, Gordon, I am still on the air, but I am wrapping up, sir. Um, <laughs> Gordon. Um, oh, never mind. Um, I thought there was something else. I, I misread it. Quickly checking. I don't see any other emails, so I think we'll wrap it up from here. Again, this uh, if you're listening on the podcast or you listened uh, or you're watching this on, de on demand, again, the links are available. Please use them to donate. We appreciate it. Um, and that should do it. I'm going to try. I'm not going to be able to get to every SID and I apologize because after every show, I usually thank all the SIDs who've helped us individually. I, I, the list is too long. I am very sorry. I want to thank every SID who helped us get these guests on the air in a matter of 48 hours, get them booked, get me pictures, get me everything content I needed to get them on the air. I really appreciate it. But I want to thank the guests who came on the show. Jim Calhoun from St. Joseph, talk St. Joe's, talking about starting the, the show off with a bang. Really appreciate the Hall of Famer coming on. Pat Yuckum, despite being under the weather, came on from WashU. Brian Morehouse from Hope, really appreciate his time. Uh, Lauren Buzalaki from um, Rippin, wonderful conversation with her. Ryan Highland from John Jay. We not, he and I go back a long time. I'd love to have him on the show today. Really a big thank you to Dan Dutcher and the rest of the management crew who came on the show today from the NCAA at Indianapolis. We're going to have to make a trip back out there sometime, but I really appreciate their their time today. Karen Harvey from Montclair, uh, the Women's Basketball Committee chair. We're going to have to get her back on the show sometime soon to talk more stuff with her. Adrian Scheibels from Bowdoin, ahead of the number one, number two game this weekend. Really fun to talk to Adrian. Thanks to Kate Pearson from Cabrini, uh, Matt Gilbride from RPI, and Matt Donahoe from Catholic. A terrific guest today from all those regions. Uh, Coach Cat, Charles Katsifikas from Pomona Pitzer. Uh, John Herbrexemeyer, uh, Coach Herbie, as they know, from Bethel. Uh, Chris Caridio, Caridio, uh, Chris, I may have screwed it up. I apologize. 
from Widener, Dave Hickson, obviously on sabbatical from Amherst, Trisha Cullop, the WBCA Board of Directors President from Toledo, really appreciated the time she gave us at Division Three to talk to us. Alex Ritchie at Oglethorpe Wall on the bus to Hendricks. I appreciated the time. He apparently, he may have actually beaten my son for how long he listened to the show. Jody May for Albion, really great to hear his story about that team and the struggles they've had uh, internally with the death of a, of a player, but how much they have rallied and made an amazing season out of it. Dave Macedo from Virginia Wesleyan, Melissa Kuberka from St. John Fisher, Sam Atkinson, and then Lenny, Chris, and Ryan for their uh, enjoyment of the happy hour. And that's going to do it, folks. That's it. I'm done. Uh, we're out. Uh, reminder, not on the air Sunday, on the air Monday because of the Super Bowl. Uh, not on the air next Thursday. we got to figure out what we're going to do with the show. I honestly don't have an answer right now. It may be a midday show before I have to run and call some basketball games. It also may be a pre-recorded show. It, it's a busy week for me next week, so we may do a midday show just to do it. You can watch it on demand if you can't watch it midday. Then we're back to our normal cycle a week from this Sunday. And regional rankings, remember, come out February 12th. So we'll get back on our cycle ahead of those. Whew, we're done. So that's our rough estimate of our total up on the top, folks. We hope we can add to it the rest of the way. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thanks for watching the marathon, folks. We are at 10 hours, 12 minutes, and 15 seconds, according to my recording. And we're going to sign off. You've been listening to the Hoopsville Marathon from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Thanks to our partners at D3Hoops.com, Women's Basketball Coaches Association, National Association of Basketball Coaches, Blue Frame Technology for hosting our hotline and our broadcasting capabilities, and most importantly to you, those of you who donated to this show today and will be donating to this show in the future, I really, really, really appreciate your support, and thank you very much. Thanks to all you who tuned in as well. Spread the word. Even if you can't donate, I understand. Let others who may be able to uh, maybe donate instead. Thanks, everybody. Good night. We'll see you on Monday. Enjoy the Super Bowl, but more importantly, watch some great basketball, including tomorrow night. And remember, number one, number two, Tufts at Bowdoin, women's basketball. You should tune in. Good night, everybody.